Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Rookie Stripes Podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen, and that is Mr. Tyler Guthrie. We're back. It's been, what, two, three weeks? It's been a while. How you been? I'm good, but I'm not quite as good as Chris Buescher has been recently. Yeah, I know. Where did he come from? That whole team's been doing really well the past couple weeks. Brad, you could have made an argument. Brad should have won uh, last week. At, at Richmond until a little bit of strategy blunders. And then this week he was still running in top five again. So, yeah, good well, couple weeks. The funny thing about Brad is he was talking post-race. I guess he was the fastest car on the track at the end of the race. And if he had played his strategy a little differently, he'd have probably been in position to win this race. Because um, he was talking at the end of the race how early in the race they only had maybe like a 10th place car. So they were going more for max points and getting the most stage points possible, which kind of put them on the wrong strategy at the end of the race to really compete for the win. So if they had realized they had that kind of speed in the car earlier and not gone for so many stage points, they'd have probably been right up there with Busher and Truex battling for the win. In fact, I think I saw somebody say that if he had been on the same strategy as Busher, he'd have been ahead of Busher at the end of the race with how pit stops would have lined out. So very likely could have had a Brad Keselowski win. Back-to-back RFK wins, but not back-to-back Busher wins. Right. Isn't Brad from Michigan, too? Yes. I can't remember that. would have been pretty town. cool to see him get his first win as an owner at his home track. Yeah, I can't remember the town, but yeah, I know he's from Michigan. He's won, I think he's won at Michigan before. I'm pretty uh, sure he has. He He won, like, every freaking track we went on in the Gen 6 era, so... Yeah, right? Bradley Keselowski. Let's see what he's got here on Racing Reference. I typed Brad, and that was a bad idea because there's a lot of Brads in the history of <laughs> racing. There's only two Keselowskis. I think there's more than that. Is there I, I think there's more than just him and Bob. It's a and really Bryant. specific. No, there, there's at least name. there's at least three because there's Bob, Brad, and Brian. Uh, they're really creative with their names. I know, Jesus. right? There's five of them. There's Bob five. is the dad. Brad and Brian are brothers. There's a Paige Keslowski who was born four years after Brad, so maybe that's a sister. But Rochester Hills is where they're from, Michigan. Okay. Um, Paige Keselowski is apparently from Greenville, North Carolina, though, so I don't know if she's related to them or not. We're a that's, no relation. I know, that's not a very common name. You would think she would be no. related in some way. Um, long lost third cousin. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then there's Ron Keselowski, born in 1946 from Troy, Michigan, so I wonder if that's Brad's grandpa. That would make sense, yeah. Yeah, it would. Uh, well, no, I bet it's his uncle because he's born five years before Bob Keselowski. So I bet it's his uncle. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, probably enough of the Keselowski family history. <laughs> yeah. They, we get into the Keselowski family tree instead of talking about the race. Um, overall, not bad. Like, honestly, probably the best Michigan race in a while. Um, I will admit, I did sleep through part of it, but that was more of just a reflex of 
expecting one thing from Michigan and not realizing what I was actually going to get. So, uh, but what I did see, I thought it was actually a really good race. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Uh, I'd never really understood Michigan because it's really good when the cars suck at every other track, but when the cars are good at most tracks, they're terrible at Michigan. And Michigan's basically the same layout as Fontana, and Fontana's always awesome, and Michigan's usually kind of eh. So I don't know what's going on there. I wish IndyCar go back to Michigan, but it's not going to happen. So, my, you know, I'll, I'll take theory, what I can get with NASCAR. My theory with why Auto Club was always better was the weather. For some reason, and I feel like this is backward from how it normally goes, but I feel like the weathering in Michigan. So the extreme winters, the cold, the rain, the snow. I feel like for some reason that hurts Michigan's surface. Couple that with the fact that it got repaved 10 to 15 years ago, something like that. I can't remember exactly when it got repaved, but it was sometime fairly recently. So it was when they were using that um, that more recent uh, paving material that lasts a lot longer, so All it hasn't resin really stuff. worn out. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Auto Club, I think we talked about this earlier this year, I don't think it's had a repave since it opened in 97. Yeah, that surface so, is 20, 25 years old. Yeah. So couple that with how hot it gets in L.A. and how much the sun has beat down on that track and eroded it, I feel like that's probably the difference between the heat in California and the winters in Michigan coupled with uh, getting repaved with a surface that doesn't wear very well. I think that's probably the biggest difference. Yeah, that's probably it. Neither race was too awfully exciting this weekend. I didn't think the cup race being on Monday didn't really help. Um, they're all right. They ran, yeah, they ran what a third of it on Sunday. This has got to be like one of the worst years for rain in NASCAR. I can't yeah, remember them having this many else, like, like around here, it hasn't hardly rained at all up until like the last week. So watch, it's going to rain this weekend at Indy. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think it's supposed to, but it's just weird how, I mean, I live up here now, so I get kind of the same weather ish as the track in Michigan does and it didn't do anything until the weekend and it's been like that for the past couple of weeks so mm -hmm. yeah. now we're yeah, going to go with a know. tangent on global warming <laughs> <laughs> oh don't do don't do that I don't know the, the, the right place for that well, uh, next I'm about to bash Chase Elliott so I should probably just hang it up now yeah right <laughs> Chase Elliott is not acting like a guy that wants to compete for a championship this year I know a right rear tire going down is not his fault but he's effectively taken himself out of pointing his way in and now he has to win which I'm yeah, gonna well, sound like I'm gonna sound like an idiot because later I'm gonna pick him to win the cup race <laughs> this weekend but it's not looking good for Chase Here's the thing. I've been saying for two or three weeks now he was already in a must-win situation because, yes, he was only, what, 40, 50 points out coming into this race, so hypothetically he could have pointed his way in, especially with stage points. The problem is who he's got to outpoint down there around the cutoff line. It's not like it slouches. You've got Ty Gibbs, Bubba Wallace, Michael McDowell, Daniel Suarez around that cut line where 
it's not guys that are like regularly competing for wins right now, but it's guys that are regularly running up front and getting a decent amount of stage points throughout the race. So it was going to be very hard to outpoint them significantly enough to where it he would have made it in on points regardless. He's absolutely. Oh, and how many weeks do we have left? Now. How many weeks do we have left until the playoffs start? Like two or three? Three. Three. We've I would I would argue that in Daytona. Out of the couple names you just threw out there, I would argue Bubba Wallace, Michael McDowell, and Ty Gibbs all have a fair shot of winning within the next three weeks. Well, and don't forget Daniel Suarez either. His one cup win came on a road course at Sonoma. And we've got so two he very more well up. could win in the next couple weeks. And as I recall, he's been pretty decent at Watkins Glen, hasn't he? I believe so. I can't remember exactly how well he's done, but I I do vaguely remember him running decently well at Watkins Glen. So yeah, so yeah, I, I'd say three of those guys have a shot to win. Yeah, exactly. So Chase has to win, no question about it. He has to win, especially after this week. I mean, yeah. I was on that boat if he had to win regardless, but he's definitely got to win now. The problem is, I don't think he's running well enough to where he's going to win. He's running decent. But he's not running where a Hendrick car should be running right now. Like, he's not running where Byron and Larson are running most of the time. He's about five to eight spots behind them a lot of the time right now. And even Bowman was in contention for the win this week until he got wrecked there somewhere past halfway. So, I don't know what's up with Chase right now. I've seen a lot of talk that it's now in Gustafson problem, which it very well could be. Um... <laughs> yeah, I I, I would support I like, that theory. <laughs> right? Alan Gustafson like is not exactly the biggest genius on the planet. <laughs> no, he's not. The funny thing is, though, it almost feels like Chase is just done. Like, he doesn't enjoy racing anymore, and he's just ready to call it quits. Yeah, he was never really, like, the biggest character for the media, but in the past year or so, it's just... <sighs> Ever since we got the new car, he's just not even really entertained anything. He's just walking around, showing up for work, and it it kind of sucks because he's the most popular driver in NASCAR, and he's just moping around with not acting mm-hmm. like he even wants to be there. You know what makes me wonder is, I don't know when his contract is up, but I almost wonder, I'll bet you he's made enough money he could live off of now and wouldn't have to do anything for the rest of his life. I yeah. wonder I wonder if whenever his contract up contract is up he's just going to peace out and we're never going to see him again. Yeah, it, it, with how he's been acting that wouldn't surprise me, but it it's not good for the sport and it's it's really bizarre because I thought he was going to be like the next Jeff Gordon or something and just take mm-hmm. over NASCAR and have multiple multiple championships and I guess he got his championship he did everything his dad did and now he's just kind of done which, i guess which i i still contend that championship has an asterisk because i still contend that harvick won the championship in 2020 but i digress in the record book chase is the 2020 champion so either don't way, worry yeah, he's got on that racing, championship on racing news now jeff gordon is a seven-time champion no nah, i don't know about <laughs> that i'm not gonna go that far <laughs> but regardless, shot my shot <laughs> yeah regardless he has a championship he's got a decent amount of wins like i said i bet you he's got enough money he would never have to 
work another day in his life. He could just go back to Dawsonville, fish or do whatever the hell he wants to do, and we'd never hear from him again. He'd he'd turn into Carl Edwards, basically. That and I bet he could probably show up to like some late model races if he wanted to, or dirt races or whatever, and he's Chase Elliott. Well, it's not it's not like anybody's more. ever it's not like anybody's ever gonna not let him into a late model race. He's Chase Elliott, so yeah, right. I guess he's he's it, got the acclaim it, he needs and why keep going, I it guess. Feels like, it feels like he's done more of that recently too. Like he's done more late models and uh, dirt races and, and stuff like that. It'll I wonder if he may not go full time cars tour soon. Like Cars Tour seems to be picking up a lot of steam since uh Junior, Burton, Justin Marks, um Harvick, is Harvick the other one that owns it? Since they all took over the Cars Tour, the Cars Tour is picking up a lot of steam right now. Um, so I almost wonder if he's not getting to the point where he might just step back to late models and go like full-time Cars Tour or something. That would be a big get for the Cars Tour. Yeah, but at the end of the day, this has to be one of the most disappointing cup careers I've noticed in a while. I thought he was going to be, you know, four or five time champion. Instead, he's just checked out, what, seven years in? Eight years, maybe? Yeah, maybe eight. I don't remember when his rookie year was. Up 2015, maybe? So I think he ran yeah, like maybe, one maybe race in years. 15 or something like that because Gordon mm-hmm. retired in 16, I think. I think 15 yeah, he, is his he last had year. One, he had one year where he ran five races. So it must have been, if Gordon retired in 16, 17 must have been his rookie year. But he went like three years before his first win, didn't he? So I think, uh, it, I think 2020 16, wasn't his first win. I think 16 was his first year. Because he had two okay. years of the before they went to the Camaros. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, was twenty eighteen was his first win. That's right. So yeah. it would have been, I think fifteen was the year he ran five races, and then sixteen mm-hmm. would have been his rookie year. So what he's been in Cup, well, in Cup Series for eight years now, and he's just mm-hmm. completely checked out. Yeah. And I don't get Which, it. And you see, like guys like Kyle Larson, you know, he's experimenting in every type of racing you could possibly imagine, acting like he can't get enough of racing, and then he's still out competing for wins at the Cup Series every week. Chase Elliott, the only times he's been close to the front, it's been a strategy thing at the end of the race this year. Yeah, uh, it's it's. I weird guess like because... road courses are his jam, and then he just bend it in the wall and qualifying for chicago yeah there there's something off there and i i almost wonder if something didn't change after his his snowboarding accident where he was out there for a few weeks because i feel like he was doing better before that and i don't know if maybe something changed in his mindset after that or what it was but i don't know it it just feels like we've got a a different because he's always been very laid back and let's be honest, boring, not much personality, but it feels like it's a different Chase Elliott now than it was before. Yeah, I agree with you. And I don't know what's going on, but hopefully either fixes it or opens up that seat for somebody else that deserves it. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people coming up through 
the Xfinity and trucks that deserve it. I mean, we got plenty of people in that Chevy pipeline that you if you watch the side, Josh Berry's going to SHR. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Yeah. Keep Which, forgetting that. Crazy how they've fallen. We've talked about this, but they are, they seem to have picked it up a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but it's, it gets magnified when you see how much RFK has risen. And then you see the fall of SHR. Yeah, isn't SHR going through like a whole, I guess, management change at the end of the year this year? Well, you know, that's funny. I'd heard that, and then now I've heard that's off, and that's not happening anymore. So, huh. I don't I don't think they're even switching to Chevy now. I think they're, they're staying, which may be why they've started to run better the last couple of weeks. If they're not switching to Chevy, Ford's giving them more support again. Yeah, I I hate that about NASCAR, but yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I, stupid. But speaking of a team that doesn't have a lot of factory support right now, uh, Noah Gragson had an interesting week. <laughs> um, suspended, I, I believe. I don't think it's indefinitely at this point. I believe Pockris tweeted earlier today. I saw that he's out at least two more races, and his future is unknown. Uh, for liking a, um, well, let's just call it what it is, a, a racist meme on social media, and le- and the team picked up on this and suspended him for the week. NASCAR later said that they were in agreement and they were going to suspend him as well. Um, his future is very much unknown right now. He, We may never see him back in a car again. Uh, for actions on social media, how do we feel about that? Should should drivers be getting suspended for? Uh, I, it's one thing to say something on social media. Should you get suspended for liking a post on social media? Yeah, I, I guess uh, I think Gregson's future was kind of in jeopardy ever since uh, Legacy said they were going to Toyota. I think. John Hunter Nemechek is going to climb in that car next year, and we weren't going to see Noah Gregson in that team ever again anyway. Um, yeah. Part of me feels like this is kind of just an excuse to get him out of there for next year and not have to worry about contracts and all that kind of stuff. I think I mean, NASCAR, he was already out next year anyway. Like, I had it on good yeah. authority. He was 100% out, and it was going to be John Hunter. So. I feel like, or I think uh, NASCAR's suspension is indefinite. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely out the next two weeks. Mike Rockenfeller's in that car, which could be pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. cause he's really good on road courses, obviously, but right. Yeah. I just like, I get the Kyle Larson thing. That one made sense. Liking a post while yes, it, it technically shows the same thing. It seems a little extreme, but at the same time, I think that if you're such a big figure like this and people are going to be looking at your social media all the time, maybe just don't. Right. Because that's the thing. It's not like it's not like likes are hidden on social media. Like the way this was found out was someone screenshotted the the post where it said underneath it, Noah Gragson and so many others like this post like. If somebody follows you, there's a good chance that, it's yeah. going to show their your name under that post that you liked it. So it's not like that's invisible. 
I, I think it is on some social media platforms, but I think it was Instagram that he had liked this on. So that that's not invisible on there. People that right. follow you will see that. So I, it's going to get like, picked up on. Well, I think, yes, the suspension is probably a little in the extreme here. You still got to think twice about that. If you're this popular and let's face it, if you're a driver in NASCAR, you're promoting the series. Every action you make outside of the track is an arm of the series to everybody. And with NASCAR trying to change their image these past couple of years, trying to make it not seem like the racist hillbilly sport that everybody thinks it is, mm-hmm. stuff like that isn't really going to slide anymore. And I don't agree with the suspension, but Noah, you got to be smarter than that, you know? Yeah. You've got this big of an image, you can't... It just don't. How how easy is it to not do that, and then we're not having this conversation? Right. Like, and, I, and I'm not advocating for this in one bit, but, like, there are smarter ways to do that. Like, burner accounts are a thing. And if you're yeah, if you're dumb enough to do that on your main account, like you're you're dumb enough that you should get caught. Like I'm not advocating for burner accounts. Like I would rather know that someone is like this than not know it. But like it is a thing. People do do that. People make burner accounts so that they can follow some things that they wouldn't want other people to know that they follow. So if if you're dumb enough that you're going to do that on your main account i think you deserve to get caught you deserve to get caught regardless if if it's something like that but i don't know i, the, I am in the least the bit that surprised me, that we're having this problem with noah gregson <laughs> no well and the thing that gets me is i've i've seen some people talking about how he's one of the the biggest prospects coming up in NASCAR and what's this going to do for his future? Is he really though? Because that's not, he was good in the Xfinity series, but if you're in a JRM car in the Xfinity series, it's kind of like kicking puppies anyway. Right. But that's the thing though, outside of one or two years in the Xfinity series, he really wasn't even that good trucks. He was mediocre. He won a couple races for KBM, but he wasn't set same thing. You're kind of kicking puppies at KBM too. <laughs> right. And he really wasn't running away with things at KBM either. And he wasn't running away with things at JRM at first. It was only in the last year or so where he really started dominating in Xfinity. So couple that with the fact that personally, I don't think he's got a great personality. He's just like this frat boy kind of guy that like, personally is not someone i would want anything to do with so yeah if if i were picking who i want as friends his personality is not somebody i would want as a friend or somebody i would want to support so on every time i think about noah gregson i go back to road america last year in the xfinity series Mm -hmm. where he kind of got bumped into and then caused such a huge wreck on a straight that it got somebody's leg broken. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's got to be one of the most immature people I've ever seen in such a influential position in my life. And it doesn't surprise me at all that we're having this conversation and it's involving Noah Gregson. But, mm-hmm. gosh, just be smarter, man. Yeah. So, couple a personality with someone that 
may or may not really have talent. I mean, it took him, what, three, four years in Xfinity to where the point where he was really dominating. So did he really have talent or did he just finally get used to those cars? Because Legacy isn't super good cars, but he's not been running great even in the, like Eric Jones is outperforming him on a weekly basis in those cars. So I think Eric Jones I, is outperforming I, that car. Well, that too. So I just, I don't see much there from Noah Gregson in the first place. Like if he comes back, I just don't see there being much of a career there. Like sure. It just seems be like he's a like body him, in a seat. Exactly. Like, and he's got a following. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't have fans. I don't, sometimes I don't understand why he does, but, um, <laughs> what, he the, does. the spaghetti bowl cuts not really going for you either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like there's a fan base there. So there's probably a marketable personality there to an extent. So sell a whole bunch of Noah prob- Gregson flags to a bunch of shitty dorm rooms. Right. Right. So there's probably sponsors that that would pick him up just because of the fan base. But I just don't see him ever really having that successful of a cup career. I really don't. No, I think Austin Dillon's better than Noah Gregson. And you know what I think about Austin Dillon? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which is funny that we're really seeing how Austin Dillon really is this year when you compare him to Kyle Busch. Like, they're yeah. in the same cars, and Kyle Busch is running circles around him. Like, Reddick was running circles around him last year, but not to the extent that Kyle has been this year. Right. Yeah, well, we know Kyle Busch is one of the best, and I'm glad yeah. he's finally not in a Toyota. <laughs> as much as I hate <laughs> saying that, I just hate the Toyota cars. But, uh, yeah, okay. Kyle Busch has been doing really Typical well. Typical NASCAR fan. Typical NASCAR fan, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, when your drivers are Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, and a couple others, there's not much to like there. <laughs> How do you not like Christopher Bell? Bell's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least he's not as much of an asshole as Denny is sometimes. Yeah. Denny Hamlin and Ty Gibbs make up for it, though. That's true. Like, I, I'm not saying Toyota doesn't have some bad personalities. You, Denny, Ty, it, yeah, but I would jump cool. on the <laughs> all Toyota suck bandwagon. No, I just don't really, not the greatest fan of Toyota. Appreciate everything they've done in NASCAR. However, Tyler never want to see really a Toyota badge. To find something relay. to say right now. I just don't like him. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, I don't need to As have I a reason. Said, I don't like fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my 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 made in Mexico Chevy is really kicking everybody's ass right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Oh <laughs> uh, shoot! Is you there could, even anything to talk Toyotas about? The Xfinity that are made this in your home state, huh? Oh, you're completely ignoring me now. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know you're talking. Um, I can get a Toyota uh, made sure in Yep. Um, no, I really don't think there's that much to talk about with Xfinity this week. Um, Allgaier is doing well until he got, is doing well until he got spun in the pit lane. Yeah. Josh Berry was fast too, but really couldn't do anything with Nemechek at the end. Another week, another Nemechek win. Of course, Great. I, was, I was saying this earlier, of course, we skip all the weeks where there's actually decent winners to talk about, like Sam Mayer at Road America last week we could have talked about, but no, we skipped last week. 
and come back for a John Hunter Nemechek win at, at Michigan. Woo. Yay, John yeah, Hunter Nemechek. Right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's much to say about the Xfinity race. The cup race was better. There really wasn't anything to talk about there with, with Xfinity. Another ever since we switched went, to the... Ever since we switched to the next-gen car, if there's a week where the cup race is better than the Xfinity race, it was a really boring week. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. Because you say that, and there's more weeks where the cup race is good now than there was when the Gen 6 car was out. So, I don't yeah, know that that's a fair so comparison. many freaking mile and a half. Right, and the Gen 6 wasn't good at mile and a half. So you got to play to your schedule, and the Gen 6 did not play to the schedule. The next or we could have played the schedule to the, the schedule. car. Could have played the schedule of the car and not gone to so many tracks that are exactly identical. Well, see, here's the problem. Most of the lifespan of the Gen 6 car, they had very long contracts with these tracks to where they couldn't really change the schedule. Thank Brian France for that. One of the many yeah, things right? that he did that screwed up NASCAR. That that might have been the best thing that ever happened to NASCAR when he got arrested and they finally kicked him out. Thank God we signed a long contract with Kentucky Motor Speedway. <laughs> I know, Along right? With others. Literally, as soon as that uh, contract was up, Kentucky was gone. Uh, that thing has not even had a car on it since NASCAR left, I don't no, think. I don't think it has. Well, yeah, okay, it's, it's... that's not strictly true. They are parking cars on it that don't have the chips in them yet. So I guess that well, counts. <laughs> that's what they were doing with Nashville, and then they brought Nashville back. So I guess you can never say Kentucky won't come back, but as long as it's still there, there's still a chance that it comes back. Because honestly, Nashville. Yeah, Nashville would actually dormant be good. for so long. I didn't think there was any way they were going to bring Nashville back because I saw some. I think Danny B. Talks did a video on Nashville just before they brought it back, just before it was announced it was coming back, and. It looked like it was in rough shape. I was concerned mm -hmm. that they weren't going to have it in, in good enough shape to race on, but they did. So that's the thing. As long as Kentucky's still there, and hell, North Wilkesboro. North Wilkesboro was pretty much almost completely reclaimed by the earth, and they brought that back this year. So as long as Kentucky is still there in some form, there's a chance it comes back. But Humanity's they've got to do something go. better with it, though, I think. Humanity is going to go and st uh, extinct, and then the aliens are going to come down and find Kentucky Motor Speedway and think that was like the whole. And they're going to be like, "What the hell is this? Why would they ever race here?" So they're going to think Kentucky was the holy grail of our civilization, and just assume that NASCAR yeah, was right. important of universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'll touch on well, the uh, sometimes race. they may not be wrong. Yeah. I'll touch on the IndyCar race here a little bit. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood got his second win of the year. Um, second road course or street course win of the year. He got Long Beach, now Nashville. I've seen the point brought up that maybe Nashville's now a crown jewel race with it being the season finale next year. Sure. I don't think we can call every race crown jewel, though. Um, what else? Uh, it was have other crown jewels besides the 500. Uh, the 500, Long Beach, um, that's about it. Okay. Not a whole lot there, but, uh, no. yeah, it was a relatively calm race for the most part. Um, 
there were a couple little interesting tidbits that happened, but for the most part, that's the opposite of every other race we've seen at this track so far. Um, they finally figured out how to race on it. I like this track now that we're not wrecking all the time on it. Um, but Colton now they're going to go and change it next year. Yeah, now we're going to change it. Now that we finally figured out how to race on it. Um, there were a couple comers and goers. Uh, Alex Pillow got ridiculously lucky with his fuel strategy at the end of the race. He should not have made it to the end of the race. And then there were two yellows at the end that made him stretch it just like just barely to the line, which would have been awesome if he couldn't because then we would have actually had a championship battle this year. But I guess that's not going to happen because he still finished ahead of Joseph Newgarden. Um, that's about it. There's 84 points between Pillow and Newgarden now for the championship, and I don't see any way that that's going to close in at all. We've only got four or five races left in the year, I think. Um, and only one of them is an oval. We're going to have to have some bad luck. Yeah, and that's not been happening this year. So the only bad luck he's had was when he had a pit lane accident at the 500, and he still came back and finished in the top five. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not super competitive at the sharp end for IndyCar this year, but the racing's been really good this year. I've been very impressed with how hard some of the guys have been racing mid-pack. Um, Linus Lundquist came in this week for the still-injured Simon Pagano. Um Probably should have got a top Lund- 10. Speaking of Lundquist, I made the comment to you during the race who the hell is Linus Lundquist? It sounds like the love child of Lundgaard and Rosenquist. Yeah, it, it might be. You never know. Um, there were three Swedes in this race for the first time in IndyCar history. Yeah. Uh, Lundquist and Rosenquist and Ericsson. So, a little interesting nationality tidbit there. Yeah, he should have gotten the top 10, but he got like a foot offline coming through one of the last corners, and the car just went straight in the wall. Nothing he could have do, uh, done about it. Um, he is back in the car this coming week for Indy Road Course. Uh, Simon Pagano has been out for not almost a month now with a concussion, so I don't know if he's going to come back. Uh, I know we've been taking concussions more seriously now than we ever used to in motorsports, but it took uh, Dale Jr. six months to come back from a concussion. Or concussion. It took uh, Kurt Busch like a year to feel better after his. Um, so they're a big deal, and I wish we were paying attention to them 20, 30 years ago. Um that Meyer Shank team is going to look very different next year. I don't think Pagano or Castanovas are going to be back, which is a shame because I like both of them a lot. But they're not having a good year as a team. Uh, I say that, and Castanovas was running just outside the top 10 for most of this race. So maybe they're finding a little bit of speed. But yeah, I won't be surprised if that team looks completely different next year. Yeah. Well,. So who do you think would replace them next year? Lundquist and Blumquist. It's going to sound stupid, but they're both oh, fast. Oh, got, got all the quists in next yeah. year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rosenquist, Blumquist, Lindquist. <laughs> no, but I do think uh, the two of them are probably in the running for it next year. 
Tom Blomquist has obviously been with them in their sports car racing categories for the past several years. He's been very successful over there. And Linus Lundquist, I don't know how he doesn't have an IndyCar ride full-time still. He's been really fast in open-wheel cars in the U.S., and mm-hmm. he's just fast in general. I'm surprised nobody signed him up yet. Um, I think he had a test with ECR a couple months or a year ago, but it's ECR, so they're stupid and didn't hire him. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what everybody can do in Meyer Shank cars, but not not a good year for them. Yeah, definitely not. Um be interesting to see if a fresh driver lineup could um revitalize them next year. Do you think if Castro Nevis is out, is that it for him? Is he done? I think he has to be. He's what, forty six, forty seven, something like that. Um mm-hmm. I'm honestly surprised he got the full time ride with Meyer Shank to begin with. Um mm-hmm. I thought he was just done once he was fired from Penske. But, yeah, he's been really good at points in his career. He's never put together a championship season. Uh, He's got a bunch of wins, but most of them are at Indy. Um, Yeah, I saw they put up a stat. They put up a stat, I think it was at the 500, of he and TK's uh, career stats. They had the opposite. <laughs> yeah, like literally Castro Nevis was higher in everything except that TK had a championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. They had a, like a one of the pre-race videos in 2012 or 2013, something like that, because mm-hmm. Castro Nevis and Kanan had been friends since they were three or four years old. And mm-hmm. I guess at one point, Kanan was like, yeah, I'd rather not have my championship and have one of his Indy 500s. <laughs> right. But well, TK's yeah. won a 500, hasn't he? In 2013, yeah. So it's like 2012 or 2013. Oh, so this was before he had won it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, okay. well, that's about all I got. Uh, you want to go to predictions for next week? Well, let's briefly touch on ARCA and SRX first. Kyle Busch has won the last two SRX races, so SRX has been fun, but it's all Kyle Busch right now, so (laughs) take of that what you will. Um, ARCA is also all Jesse Love right now. He won again this week at Michigan, although didn't dominate this week. In fact, ran fourth or fifth most of the race, and then just right place at the right time at the end to take the lead and, and win it on a late restart. Really, Andres Perez dominated most of that race. And then unfortunately, I believe he got a penalty, like a pit road penalty late and had to come from the back. And I think he still ended up like third. Um, he and Connor Mozak really were the two fastest cars in that race. And then Mozak screwed up on a late restart and spun his tires, uh, which kind of took him out of contention. So it it really just came down to Jesse Love. Everybody else eliminated themselves by the end of it. So, such a it shame. Is, uh, for Andres Perez de Lara. Yeah, right. No, Andres Perez oh. de Lara. I'm sorry, I can't even mispronounce yeah. it right. You got to, you got to go to the Fox School of Pronunciations. God, dear God. Which really annoys me because one thing that was always drilled into my head at broadcasting school was always check 
name pronunciations. Always pronounce names correctly. Yeah, like it's not like they can't just go to the driver and say, "Hey, how do you pronounce your name?" (laughs) Right. Like it's not that hard. Even if you don't ask the driver, to ask someone that would know, "Hey, how does he pronounce his name?" It's not that hard. Or when the entirety of social media. When the entirety of social media says you're doing it wrong, don't keep doing it mm-hmm. the way you're doing it. <laughs> right. No, I don't know. I digress. Jamie it's Little Box. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, Jamie Little's not even the one really pronouncing his name that egregiously. It, it really comes down to the pit reporters. They're the ones really doing most of it. <laughs> um, the, the booth started it. Jamie Little and Phil Parsons and I think Austin Sindrick. Uh, was the one at Phoenix where they were calling him De La Ra, and that's where it started really downhill. Um, but yeah, no, it's Austin Cedric. I don't know what else you expect at this point. Yeah, right. Fox has gone so far downhill. I don't know what we expect from them at this point. Um, but yes, I, I that's that's really about it for this week. So yeah, let's get into predictions. We've got um. SRX, IndyCar, and ARCA, and all three NASCAR series this weekend. We're not going to make an ARCA prediction because we don't have an entry list yet, uh, but they are at IRP this weekend, um, and that is going to be stall for me for time here. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> uh, 6, 6 p.m. on Friday night will be the Reese's 200 from IRP for ARCA. Ooh, SRX this weekend. What were you saying? I said, ooh, Reese's. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Reese's. I really do love that Reese's sponsors ARCA so heavily. Like, that is a really fun sponsor. Take that, M&M's. Ooh, Jonathan Davenport is going to be at the SRX season finale at Lucas Oil. Nice. That's going to be interesting. Um, okay, entry list for Eldora this weekend, Thursday night, as usual, on ESPN. Marco Andretti, Haley Deegan, Brad Kozlowski, Matt Kenseth, Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte, Ron Caps, Austin Dillon, Ryan Newman, Ken Schrader, Chase Briscoe, and Tony Kanan. Tyler, who wins SRX Thursday Night Thunder? Austin Dillon. No, I'm completely kidding. I think uh, I mean, Tony Stewart won a truck race at Eldora. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tony Stewart's going to take the win in a car that races in a series that he owns at a track that he owns because I think that'd be a cool storyline. And it's Tony Stewart on a dirt track. Can you imagine the conspiracy theory? Well, he's already won SRX at Eldora before, but can you imagine the conspiracy theories from that? Oh, they let him win. <laughs> they just, everybody just stopped and let him win. Oh, SRX is right. rigged. It'd, it'd be like all the conspiracy theories about Junior's July Daytona win in 2001. Oh, everybody just slowed down and let him win that because his dad died there back in February. Okay. Oh, it's all rigged. Uh. <laughs> yeah. God. Go touch some grass. <laughs> <laughs> um,. I'm going to go with another dirt ace that might surprise some people that I'm going this direction, but I'm going to go Ken Schrader. He's not been terrible in the SRX cars. He's not been great, but he's not been terrible. 
but I have seen a lot of speed out of him in the dirt ARCA races recently. So I think there's still something there with Ken Schrader. I think he'll put up a good fight this week. I think Ken Schrader wins SRX this week. Now that he's back, uh, well, he was never really gone, but uh, he threatened to be gone if Paul Tracy kept racing. So they got rid of Paul Tracy. <laughs> yeah, thank God we got rid of Paul Tracy. I know. Uh, he was good entertainment, but he was a hazard out there. Yeah, until he's always been. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Ken Schrader wins this week for SRX. Um, IndyCar this weekend, that will be uh, from IMS. That will be on Saturday. So they're doing their NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader at Indy this weekend. If I can get the app to open so I can give it time. The IndyCar app's been glitchy lately. Like half the time when I open it, it just white screens. Um, Saturday, 2 p.m. on USA for the Gallagher Grand Prix. Tyler, who you got? I'm going to go with Christian Lungard. All of the Rahul Lammer Lanigan cars were pretty good here earlier in the year, and since then they have picked up a ton of pace. Um, I think Lungard will actually be able to take the fight to Pelot this time, and Pelot might not win by 20-something seconds this week. Nice. I think Pelot will win by 20-something seconds this week. I'm picking him to win this week because it's Pelot on a road and or street course, uh, which is pretty much a given this year. So Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Alex Pelot. I'm 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 basically being Tyler at this point and going with the easy pick. I'm I'm doing like Tyler where he picks Zane Smith every week in trucks. Yeah. Well, just be ready in a second when I don't pick Zane Smith. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you picked who I wanted to pick for trucks. <laughs> um trucks Friday night, nine PM FS one, immediately following Arca from IRP. Tyler, who you got? Christian Eckes, I think he's going to smack the crap out of everybody on this short oval of IRP. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. He was very good at IRP in ARCA, and I believe was good there last year, but that Thor Sport truck just wasn't quite where it should have been for him last year. So um, I think now that he's got a BMR truck that is capable of winning, and he's shown that multiple weeks, I think you're right. I think he does win. I love how I'm talking up your pick right now. Um, I though, <laughs> just am just for go... him to get taken out and finish last. Yeah, right. <laughs> I though am going to go with the man that probably should have won this race last year. Had the best truck, was running down Grant Infinger at the end of the race. Uh, that's Ty Majeski. I think Majeski goes out and finally gets that first win of the year this week at um, IRP. Doc is um, trying to find the weirdest positions to lay in right now. Um, anyway, on to Xfinity IMS Road Course, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. on USA. Tyler, who you got? I'm going to say that A.J. Allmendinger goes back-to-back. -back. He's been the king of this track ever since we started coming here. And... Yeah, I think he'll get it back-to-back. -back. He did a really good job last year, and I think he's got the same equipment this year. Again, taking the pick that I wanted this week, taking a page out of my book, because the last few weeks I um, made sure I got my picks written down before Tyler so I could get who I wanted. He snuck in on me this week. Um, I'm going to go with Ty Gibbs. Um, he's been fast every week. He's shown up in Xfinity this year, not surprisingly. He's been good on road courses in the past. Won his first start in Xfinity on the Daytona road course. I think he wins the IMS road course this weekend. 
On to Cup, Sunday, Big NBC, uh, 2.30 p.m. IMS Road Course. Tyler, who you got? I know I spent like 10 minutes bashing the crap out of him, so I'm going to go with Chase Elliott because <laughs> now he is definitely okay. 100% in a must-win scenario for any type of championship hopes. If he wants to have a career in NASCAR from this year going forward, he has to win. And I think either this week or next week on the road courses are going to be his best shot. I don't think that's true. If he wants a career, he's got it, whether he's running well or not at this point. Okay. It may not if he wants be a competitive, Kendrick, but he's got If he career. wants a competitive career in a competitive car, he needs to win this week or next week. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He may it may not be with Hendrick, but if he wants a career, he's got it. He'll find a ride somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I I agree. Um, he is definitely must win at this point for a lot of reasons, even more so than just the playoffs. Um, I just don't see it happening this week. Not the way he's run lately. I don't see it happening. Um, I am going to go with your Xfinity pick, and I'm going to go with Almondinger. I think he picks up his second Cup win on the IMS road course and locks himself into the playoffs in his first full-time season oh, shit, for colleague in the cup series. That would lock him into the playoffs. That would definitely yes, shake would. some stuff up there. It would. Um, I believe isn't he just outside of the playoffs right now. Yeah. He's he, 19. Yeah, he came right into, now. he came into Michigan 17th and then, you know, they didn't do very yeah. good. <laughs> So he's he's 19th right now, 24 points behind Ty Gibbs in 16th. So he's not that far out. Like, hypothetically, he could point his way in in three races if he had a good three-race stretch, which, I mean, it's three decent tracks for him. I mean, IMS and Watkins Glen are good tracks for him, obviously, because of his road course background. And Daytona is Daytona, so who knows what's going to happen there. So... It would not surprise me to see Almondinger point his way in, but there's also about five other guys that it wouldn't surprise me if they pointed their way in in these next three races. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think he wins this week at IMS and wins his way in and doesn't have to point his way in. But that is our predictions for this week for Indianapolis, both on the road course and IRP, for IndyCar, also on the IMS road course, and SRX at Eldora. Eldora. I had to think for a second. I couldn't remember Eldora for some reason. But um, that is going to do it for us for this week. So thanks for hanging out. Hopefully we'll have a podcast next week. I don't know what our schedules look like next week. But hopefully that works out for next week. And we will see you again next week. If not, we'll see you again at some point the next time our schedules line up for this. So um at that, enjoy the races this weekend at Indy and Eldora, and we will uh, we'll see you when we see you. I'm Garth, that's Tyler, and this is the Rookie Stripes Podcast on Racing News Now.